Welcome to Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight. My name is Pete Wright, and I am joined today by Jeff Freed. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Pete. We are going to be talking about the state of search today, and uh, as a result, BA Insights' strategy within it uh, give you an opportunity to talk about some of the search trends that you have seen. And I hope in the context of this, uh, you know, you'll be able to uh, ping back on some of your uh, uh, some of your your calls on, on your predictions from earlier in the year. How are we doing so far? As you uh, run through this list, uh, as ever, everybody, please uh, subscribe to the show. Uh, it, it, and if you get something out of this experience, if you like what you hear, if you're learning from Jeff and our industry guests, we sure appreciate five star reviews in Apple Podcasts and your podcast directory of choice. Uh, it, consider it paying it forward when you leave us a kind review. It helps others to discover us when they need uh, information on these very subjects. So we sure appreciate your time to do that. All right, Jeff, we're talking about the state of search. With your extraordinary longevity in the field, uh, I imagine that you you have some insights and some perspectives about where we are uh, that will help us uh, get a sense of where we're going. Sure. Extraordinary longevity just means I'm an old guy. I was trying to be delicate. Well, is that how it play? I was, just was not expecting that from you. The uh, <laughs> the uh, industry, you know, the search industry has been around for as long as there's been software. There's been search systems or information retrieval systems since the late '50s, but really, for enterprise search as we know it, I've noticed waves which I've unscientifically believe happen at about seven year cycles. That's half a Saturn return for whatever that means, <laughs> but it's uh, the seven year itch kind of seems to happen. So when I first got into this field uh, in the last century, a number of web search companies, uh, Ink to Me, Alta Vista, if you remember that name, Autonomy, Fast, and Google had just started in web search. In the you know '95 is the founding of a, a lot of those companies actually, and they started splitting out enterprise search as its own discipline around the turn of the century. So, uh, seven years after that start of new technology spawned by web search, in the you know roughly 2002 there was. Uh, a bunch of vendors that focused on enterprise search. I mentioned fast and autonomy already, but Indeca um, and Recommind, and there was a phenomena of sort of specializing. You know, it, uh, there were uh, folks like Inquirer that specialized in customer service, folks like Indeca that focused on e-commerce. That flourished very, very well. Uh, uh, seven years later, the industry was in a wave of acquisitions. You know, Fast was acquired by Microsoft in 2008, Autonomy about a year later by HP, and Deca by Oracle about a year and a half later, uh, Vivissimo by IBM. So the, the mega vendors sort of swooped into the category and acquired all the top vendors and commoditized the industry. So that's sort of the third wave where the cost of owning search technology went from millions to 
50, 70,000. So down by about a factor of 20 from the, the heyday of fast and autonomy. Now, I think we're at the beginning of a new wave that the names are still morphing, but let's call it a new wave of sort of intelligent search. The wave of acquisitions, uh, and we've seen this in other industries too, other fields within information technology. D it, was it good for search to, to go through such a wave of acquisitions and consolidation? Was it good? Obviously, it was good in terms of uh, cost of access to the technology, as you've already said. But in terms of development, ongoing development and straight up innovation, was it good for search? I think probably no. The tendency, if you look at the, of those acquisitions, and this acquisition wave continued on. Recommind only got acquired last year. Raven was acquired just about a, a month ago. But the big three were all were acquired within 18 months of each other. And they all had issues with keeping either the pace of innovation or the focus. Mm -hmm. Of those, I think the fast Microsoft acquisition did, did the best. If you remember, we had... Uh, a guest from my friend from Elastic who had been at Autonomy through their their equivalent transition, um, right. and I think that the focus on this problem of organizing your own information and keeping people from being from drowning in it got lost, and as a, as a result, a lot of the sort of perennial problems in the industry uh, didn't get solved. Where does that take us at this point? Then the, you you say the next. We're on the cusp of the next big wave of data. Are we ready for it? What is it? When I talk to people, I think people are hungry for it, whether they're ready for it or not. In particular, the application of you know, natural language, machine learning, and social computing, if you will, uh, techniques, uh, the idea of applying those to a next generation of search is very much in the air and being received quite strongly in the market. Uh, the comment I'll make is that it's very highly hyped. So these are the big industry trends like cloud, mobile, social, consumerization of IT, all made their way through this corner of technology pretty thoroughly. And within you know three, four years ago, they were all present in anything that was on the market, that you had much better design, cloud search systems are available from effectively every vendor. And the commoditization that I mentioned through acquisition and through Google's introduction of a low entry price sort of Google search appliance. And the other big factor was the rise of open source. That had all played through. But big data and search, which are sort of uh, kissing cousins, if you will, the, the guy who wrote Lucene also wrote Hadoop, mm -hmm. uh, Doug Cutting, an amazing, amazing guy, has really not played out fully within the, the search industry. It's gotten so much hype that people ignore the fact that they may not have a big data problem, they may have a small data problem, but it's still a problem that has a lot of value if you can solve it. So then let's talk a little bit more about BA Insights strategy in this particular area? What are you guys doing? We are doing two main things. The, the, and I'll, I'll preface it by saying, if you would have asked me this 
Four years ago, we really wanted to have something that worked well for mobile search users, which at the time were only just the beginning of consumer and nothing in enterprises. And cloud-based solutions were, you know, that, that was a big part of our strategy four years ago. And we're really through that wave. Our, our products are really now all work with hybrid SharePoint and Office 365 and Elastic Cloud. The UI elements, the major ones are all very strong on mobile. If you'd asked me two, three years ago, I would say the big focus on what I call search engine independence, using the best kind of uh, search core across, for example, uh, the Office Graph, Elasticsearch, and uh, even some of the the, the big data fabrics, and we are sort of in the middle of that. We've set the strategy. It's working well with Elasticsearch and Microsoft, but we haven't uh, gotten through my evil master plan in that domain yet. But the modular approach that we set really from the beginning has paid off big time in that search engine independence. And we're continuing that strategy into sort of the cognitive search wave because we can use the best machine learning components the best sort of cognitive apis and get a lot of leverage out of those almost in a sort of jujitsu fashion there seems to be a great deal of hype around uh you know cognitive search allowing us to derive greater wisdom out of our, our search results rather than just information uh who's who's got this right in terms of the direction moving forward well i i don't think anyone really has it right yet. I would say that I actually published a pair of articles in CMS Wire earlier this year about hype and how to watch out for the hype and where to find the real value because there's a, a ton of value here. Um, so I think that it's still early. Uh, certainly, there are vendors that are like Coveo or Cinequa that are doing most of their marketing around this this label and have some good technology. And of the previous wave of technology vendors, Microsoft has fared the best. They've, they've really navigated this transition and bet on graph and machine learning much earlier than almost anybody else. So to the extent that anyone has it, quote unquote, right, it would be in that domain. And I, But I, I think that there's still a long way to go. And this area will will change quite fast. You know, it seems like over the conversations we've had over the last few weeks, at least there is, uh, you know, some evidence that Microsoft is has their head on straight. Yeah, um, I'll put in the show notes, but I just wrote for uh, my friend Agnes Molnar at Search Explained a pair of blogs on this subject because I get the question all the time about whether Microsoft has left the left the room, right? They, yeah. they um, had a period in 2015, what, what year is it? Yeah, 2015-ish. Uh, <laughs> Extraordinary even in longevity in the field. <laughs> <laughs> Alzheimer's level uh, <laughs> longevity. So a lot of people actually assume that Microsoft left the space because they folded search into, bundled it into Office 365 and it's hard to see that it's a remarkable search technology under the hood. You know, the analysts, both Gartner and Forrester, have 
covered the space. And during the third wave, the sort of commoditization, they both dropped coverage. It was like, this is no longer interesting. It's commoditized. Gartner made it a market market wow. scope because there were no real differentiating features, certainly none that people actually wanted as opposed to things that are just shiny objects. They both brought coverage back about three years ago. For example, BA Insight was in the magic quadrant for Gartner for the last two years, and they both renamed it this year. So Gartner has renamed their enterprise search magic quadrant to the Insight Engines magic quadrant, and Forrester renamed theirs to the Cognitive Search and Knowledge Discovery Solutions. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll put the my blog about these and about the changes in terminology in the industry into the show notes. But I often find it funny that there's sort of a tendency to change the names to confuse the innocent. Uh, and, and count on the analysts to lead the charge uh, there. Is there a, a story behind uh, open versus closed platform at this point? Yes, there very much is. Um, and I, I, I can see it very clearly if you look at, for example, those two industry space, the, there are some sort of pure play vendors like um, Coveo and Sinequa that were newcomers when the last wave was getting acquired. And I view them as, as closed platforms. So they, they, their focus is sort of providing all of the elements that you need as a complete package. But it's rare to see people that have built on top of that because they're relatively small companies. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to integrate into them because the technology is sort of intertwined. And I'd, I'd put a Tivio um, in that same category. Uh, I, I know a, a, a lot of people there. They're good friends. It sort of goes along with the territory of trying to be a complete standalone solution that you end up becoming more closed than an open platform such as the open source world. For example, Elasticsearch definitely views themselves as an open platform. Lucidworks in the solar community, I think, is becoming closed as they do things like acquire, they acquired TwigKit about a month ago. And almost immediately, the other UI frameworks that were around lost energy. So the reason that I think this open versus closed paradigm is important is because the cognitive elements are are still forming. I'm doing a, a webinar this week with the, uh, the Cognitive Computing Consortium. And uh, when that's out, we'll actually have them on this podcast. It's a great group focused on sort of this new wave of technology across lots of applications. And the big guys, the, you know, Microsoft and Google in particular, but also Amazon, Microsoft. And last week, Apple finally threw their hat in the game with with a new AI framework aimed at developers. Facebook has... Uh, has been active in this, are are moving this technology, machine learning and cognitive capabilities such as vision bots um, and natural language processing. They're moving it incredibly fast in an arms race. And I think the closed platform vendors are going to have a very hard time keeping up with that. So when you look at, if we, if we pivot a little bit to your perspective on folks who are creating a strategy to move forward, what are companies, organizations, your partners looking at doing? I think we see a big increase in the number of folks looking to replatform. Replatforming means I'm going to replace my search engine with another search engine. And 
that is because people see a whole new wave of systems and also because some people are getting pushed off old systems. So the, um, the biggest group of those are, are people that got caught up in Google pulling the plug on the Google search appliance, but also uh, Indeca is visibly inactive in this space and people who are still on Indeca are, uh, are often trying to get off. I, I, I still, still think there's life there unlike with the, the Google search appliance. But as a result, there's, there's a bunch more people who are looking at re-looking at their search strategy, looking at replatforming, And I, I think that's a good opportunity for everybody in the search industry. And really good news in the sense that many more people have a strategy. Um, FindWise, if you remember, we, we had FindWise on this podcast. They have a, a, a great longitudinal set of surveys and the single biggest factor that correlates with success in search is having a search strategy but the number of, of organizations that actually had a strategy was under 10 percent five years ago and is now more than 40 percent so that's really good news along with the serious relook at strategy and replatforming the bad news though is that there's still a big percentage of people that are expecting and wanting a silver bullet I have a thing that I call the search immaturity cycle, which I'll also post in the in the show notes. This tendency is sort of like an average of three and a half years of people that just replace their search technology, go through a set of stages to discover that they're disappointed with it, try to fix it, ultimately give up, and then replace their search technology. And that's why larger organizations often have three or four different brands of search engine, either because they genuinely need specialists, but often because they've gone through this cycle of disappointment several times. So I, I'm really interested in helping people avoid churning like that. The search immaturity cycle is still with us. The mm-hmm. expectation that this just works magically was reinforced by Google and the Google search appliance and didn't work for Google or anybody else hurt the whole industry. And now there's a new expectation that machine learning will eliminate your need to pay attention, eliminate your need to do administration, which is also not true. But I think with the right fundamentals in place, you can get a lot of value. It's it's not that the technology doesn't matter. It's that it's the second most important factor after approaching the problem from the right angle. What's your sense of organizations uh, experimenting in search, you know, and then their tendency to experiment? My my get, hunch would be that given all the, the sort of evolution and the reduction in costs, particularly switching costs, both in terms of, you know, person hours and direct investment has gone down, uh, probably means people are thinking about this more than they had have been? Uh, it's very bimodal. You know, there's a, a group that's thinking about it a lot more, and there are people yeah. that are very sophisticated about the way they do information management and search. And certainly, the advent of really good search software in open source has meant that small companies and startups that could never have really had access to this technology that had million-dollar price tags, now they do, and they're doing some really, really cool things. So that's one mode is people that are paying more attention to it. The other mode is people that are not experimenting. They've just, they really look at this area as something where it's analogous to their web search experience. And in Mm -hmm. the web, things just sort of work. So they should just sort of work inside their firewall as well. And there, there's 
I haven't really noticed a, any significant change in the level of experimentation. Uh, it, it got me thinking about just the, you know, having access to tools like, you know, BA Insight software, being able to, you know, it gives you such an incredible flexibility when it comes to thinking about how your systems interact with one another in this area. Uh, so uh, that's, it just got me sort of moving in that direction. Is it because it is getting easier and because interoperability is getting uh, more and more flexible? Is that, does that change the way people are thinking about it? But um, I, I think the next big question for, you know, advice for people who are listening to this is, uh, you know, if they're looking at replatforming, uh, what would you suggest they do? Uh, that's a great question. And I, I, I'd say there are three pieces of advice I am giving people these days. The first is to make sure that you have the fundamentals covered. And by fundamentals, I mean, do you have a search strategy? Is there someone who owns it? Do you understand what kind of value you're trying to get? This, these have nothing to do with technology. And the content and the quality of the content probably has a, as big of an effect as anything you can do in the search algorithms. So you can probably greatly improve what you have without replatforming. And anything you do on the fundamentals, such as creating good metadata, will make the learning systems better as well. So make sure you have the fundamentals covered. That's number one. Uh, number two is to not swallow the hype whole and be critical because this is still a space that will change a lot. Uh, there are something like a thousand PhDs a year in search. Increasingly, the academic world is very deeply into this machine learning learn-to-rank algorithms have been out in the web world for about five years and are doing very well, but none of them have translated to enterprise search because you have don't have the numbers and you don't have the links. The same reason PageRank, the core of Google's web search algorithms, don't work in the enterprise. The learn-to-rank algorithms have to be different. Mm -hmm. So don't swallow the hype hole. Don't ignore it because that's throwing the baby out with the bathwater but it's a time to be critical because I think that none of the systems have solved the problem. Uh, and then the third thing is that if you do decide to replatform, to think about the sort of closed versus open paradigm. And there's advantages to both. The, the classic Apple versus Microsoft closed versus open is one uh, example of that. But certainly BA Insights strategy is along with open platforms. We use the best components that are out there. We deliberately make our product line so it's modular and you can do all kinds of things with it. We make it so it works on any search platform and we're betting very heavily on the open side of things, which means I'm having a, a blast. It's a lot of fun, but me having fun is not the, the primary purpose of people looking at their, their search replatforming. I, I just suggest that people think about closed versus open and take a look at what's happening in the industry, especially all of the machine learning and cognitive computing that's happening outside of the search world. My uh, efforts to get you to talk about things that you don't want to talk about yet is inexhaustible, Jeff. What is BA Insight doing right now? Uh, that you can uh, uh, even reluctantly share with us. Well, Pete, I, I'm surprised that anyone would think that I don't want to talk about anything because I talk a lot. 
You do, but you have secrets. We all know you have secrets, Jeff. That's what I want. <laughs> Deep dark secrets. Well, I, I'd say <laughs> certainly watch this space. Um, I said I'm having a blast, and that's very, very true. I, the uh, Because we're able to surf al- along these new cognitive APIs, and I'll say, well, you know, watch this space because you'll hear a lot of exciting things from VA Insight. Certainly the smart analytics uh, that we introduced about a year ago and are building up into a broader portfolio along with, with our, our partners at Engage. That, I will say, is the groundwork for machine learning. It gives us uh, granular behavioral data that we can then apply learning algorithms to to improve the behavior of search, even in an open and modular world. So that's something I, I will talk about and You'll hear a little bit more about that in the next uh, couple of weeks. I will also say that there's a lot of innovations that we've not talked about for a while. For example, BA Insight has patents in the area of, uh, they're called adaptive rank, of applying machine learning to relevance that we've had for some time. But despite having the, the IP and publications around it, we really couldn't apply it because the data and the computing infrastructure wasn't widespread yet. So watch out for that, because uh, we're, we're certainly driving into that space. Well, we have put a whole slew of show notes into this episode notes, uh, both on the website and in your podcast directory. Just swipe over there if you want to take a look at the uh, blog posts that uh, Jeff has mentioned. If you want to look at the search immaturity cycle, that's there. Uh, We've got uh, all sorts of links and links to other podcast episodes that we have mentioned in this episode. So you can catch up on the uh, required listening uh, so that you're clear. Uh, in, in, final question for you, Jeff. When you think about your 2017-18 projections uh, that you made uh, on this very show some time ago, how are we doing so far? You are great at holding me accountable to this. Um, <laughs> I haven't thought about it. Let me let me go back and look. I'd say certainly I had a prediction that the Microsoft crap graph would cross the trough of disillusionment. And I've carried this along now for um, for two years. So it's my longest dragged along prediction. And I think we've reached that point. We had a podcast here about a month ago after the uh, SharePoint Virtual Summit. And I think you heard that from, from all of the panelists. But that has sort of reached the mainstream, not just in Delve, but across the across the suite. I predicted that the battle between Teams and Facebook Workplace would make it very difficult for Jive, and they, they did get acquired, and that Azure would gain steam, which, which it has. I don't know if I can say that I've seen hands-free and holographic information exploration yet, but uh, augmented reality is pretty exciting. There's some real applications, and I've had four of our customers. I, I have the delightful job of working with our customers on the sort of bleeding edge things, and some of them have what they call innovation projects. And in the last few months, I've had several requests for things that work with HoloLens right along that vein. So of the... 10 predictions for the year. We're less than halfway through, and I think four of them are done. Well, that's got to feel pretty good. It does. It's not as good as uh, as, as winning a Tony Award. I, I, <laughs> having a 13-year-old daughter, I ended up watching the Tony Awards last night, which uh, 
I, I, I've never done before. And that's definitely got to feel <laughs> True, that. I'm sorry to say we missed it, but not because we didn't want to watch. Believe me, we're as big Hamilton fans as any. So I hope maybe you got the bug, and we'll see you at the Tonys next year. Oh, right. Um, well, always great to talk to you, Pete. And I trust that this will be useful to listeners that are looking at sort of this high level of hype in a landscape where there's still a foot in the traditional search world and a uh, an elbow in this land of AI, but people have real life problems to solve. So, uh, you know, keep it pragmatic. Don't swallow the hype hole, but uh, there's, there's some pretty exciting things that you can take advantage of now and that you can expect to bring in over the next couple of years. Thank you so much, Jeff Freed, BA Insight CTO. Uh, always appreciate your thoughts on the market. Thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this show. We sure appreciate your time and attention, and we will catch you uh, next time uh, right here on Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight.